0: All right, guys, to all my simple listeners here, I have someone that I've been meaning to talk to because um, you guys really need to hear this. Um, So bear with me because this guy has a lot of accolades that I need to address. And the more accolades he has, the more serious you need to take this guy. So uh, his name is Jason Gallant. And uh, Jason is a graduate with a dual bachelor degree in physical and health education and biology from Queen's University, where he also completed a master of science physical therapy degree. If that wasn't enough, he furthered his skills by completing a postgraduate course in medical acupuncture, integrated dry needling and manual therapy. He has obtained his advanced diploma at manual, wait, his advanced diploma of manual and manipulative therapy. I think I just butchered that word. (laughs) And is a fellow of the Canadian um, Academy of Manipulative Physiotherapy. He is a certified personal trainer and a mentor to physiotherapists completing the manual therapy program. Also, I'm almost done, guys. Jason is a clinic director and co-owner of two clinics called Trilogy Physiotherapy, one in Etobicoke and one in Toronto. I think I butchered that first town. I'm sorry for uh, anyone who lives there. And also, fun fact, he recently won the 2019 Toronto Star Reader's Choice Award for best physiotherapist. And I'm gonna finish all this off by saying he is actually my blood-related cousin. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jason Galant, and I'm going to start this off, Jason, with the first question, uh, what is physical therapy and what is its goal?
1: Well, thanks for the intro, man. That was that was, okay? uh, I <laughs> that I was pretty I was, long-winded, but uh, clearly I, I was
0: reading it. that. But you uh, deserve <laughs> all, all the the respect, man. You 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 worked hard for it clearly, so I need to I need to show that off. So,
1: oh, well, thanks, man, uh, and thanks for having me on. I'm excited to okay. uh, to to chat with you. Um. So, what is physiotherapy? That's a pretty big question. And um, it's hard to, to put it down in, in, into one sentence, but if I could, and how the kind of Canadian Physiotherapy Association defines it, it's, you know, you can say it's a treatment to restore, um, treatment to restore your, your maximal uh, function, um, maintain and make the most of your mobility function and well-being. So. And no what does ones, that mean?
0: You fix you fix your you fix people's shit, basically.
1: Yeah, basically, basically. So you know, when you say the goal, you can define physiotherapy almost by the goal of physiotherapy, and the goal is to help to get you back to the things that are most important to you in your life, whether that be your job, you know, the sport that you play, workouts, playing with your grandchildren, whatever that is. Physiotherapy helps to get you back to those physical aspects of your life that that you love the most. Um, and that's kind of what makes my job as a physio the most rewarding is to to be able to to do that for our patients and and to to help to get people back to, to the things that they love to do.
0: Fantastic. Okay. I know so for the listeners I'm being very transparent here and Jason knows me uh, fairly well as well. Um, we had a structured like I gave them in order for this to happen I and for you guys to really understand uh, I came up with questions for me to ask Jason, um, where uh, you guys could have a uh, how do we say this? You guys could have a better understanding with everything. But after Jason's uh, Jay, after what you just said about what what the what the goal of physical therapy is and um, and what it what it is in in sense, uh, I'm gonna just jump. I'm gonna take a little left turn here. And I'm just gonna say, cause everything you just said makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, people know that, right? People are supposed to know that. Especially the, the, uh, after the years I've been training people, I train these people and I tell them that they need to see a physiotherapist. And then they all of a sudden they say like, oh, physio is not for me. Or they they, mm-hmm. they stop going to physio. Like they yeah. know, they need to go to it, to what you just said, to improve their overall well-being and their quality of life. But yet they don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I know I took a left turn. I think that was like question eight or or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) But I just want to know if have you ever experienced that yourself where you treated a patient and you know that they know that they're supposed to do it. And then all of a sudden, they just up and leave.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we do get those people. Um, I think a lot of the problem is the expectation of what physiotherapy is versus what it isn't. I think a lot of people come into physio thinking, oh, I'm just going to come in. This guy is going to give me some sort of massage and I'm going to feel better and, and, and I'm out of here. Spot on. Uh, so, so so, that's one of the big challenges that we have is, you know, patient expectations coming in. Um, you know, if you think you're just Such gonna lie in bed and I'm gonna put a machine on you and you're gonna get up, you know, 20 minutes later and, and be cured, that's not really how it works. Um, you, you know, at some point, and I'm sure as a trainer, you um, experience this as well, people have sometimes have a hard time um, taking their own responsibility for their own health, right? You, you have to do something, uh, yourself to help, to maximize those benefits through, through, through treatment and everything else. So I think, you know, sometimes there's a bit of a disconnect between what the patient expects, um, and what we're actually delivering. So, so sometimes that's a challenge and, and sometimes that's, uh, you know, a little hard to get over. And, and sometimes that's why people stop, but saying that as a physiotherapist, it's our responsibility in that first visit to, you know, set those expectations.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: And, and, you know, I, and I've, I've told people, you know, and sometimes it's, it's not easy, but now that I'm established and, and, you know, have a full caseload and I'm busy. I can almost, I don't want to say pick and choose, but I can, you know, kind of weed out the patients that I just know aren't going to be into it. Right. So I'll tell people like, listen, if you're not going to do your exercises, don't bother coming back and seeing me. Fuck off. Because this say, ain't going to work. Yeah, politely, but yeah, politely, of and, course. And 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 you know, I had that conversation a couple of weeks ago with a guy that just kind of came in with a bit more of an, a negative attitude, and so oh well, why are you doing this? And why is it happening? I don't. No. No. Not uh,
0: even surprising. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, sometimes you know you have to temper those expectations, but that's our responsibility too, mm-hmm. and you know, if talking about why people stop physiotherapy, you know, 90% of the time it's the physio's fault, you know, that might might be surprising for a lot of people, but it's, it's a big responsibility because it's our job to manage those expectations. And it's our job to tell the people what to expect and, and what this all entails. And, you know, sometimes if they're not if they say, "Okay, no, I'm not. I'm, this is not for me," then I, okay, well, see you later, right? Sometimes you have to have those conversations, but a lot of the times, you know, it, it is our responsibility to 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 keep that person engaged, right? So, you know, what are some other reasons why why people stop going to the therapy? Maybe the therapist isn't meeting your goals, right? Mm. Maybe you come to physio and they're not concerned about or have any knowledge about what you're trying to get back to, right? Say you're, uh, you know, a baseball pitcher and you have shoulder pain and you're trying to get back to throwing. Are they giving you any exercises specific to your throwing? Is there a goal to, to get you back to, to, to where you need to be? Is there a process? Have they laid it out for you? And that's where, if that doesn't happen, then a lot of people will drop off that way, right? So the therapist has a lot of res- responsibility for that. Um, are, are, is a person coming in and they're not really, are doing the same things every time, right? You're laying on your bed and you're you know, oh. hitting a machine and they're doing their therapy and uh, all right, come back next week. We'll do the same I thing. And, you know, So if you're just banging it, your head against the wall, then, then, you know, someone's going to leave for that reason too. Right. And you know, if the therapist isn't really giving you a plan and steps to, to go through that plan, to reach your goal, then the patient's not going to be engaged and they're not going to come back. And that has nothing to do with the patient it has to do with the therapist. So I think a lot of the time, if you don't find that, that right therapist, that's going to do the job for you. That's a lot of the reason why uh, people won't come back.
0: That is, I love how you said that. Cause uh, a little story time. Um, as you know, obviously, you know, I was in the, the national team in track and field and uh, as a long jumper, a very stubborn, hard-headed uh, athlete, we think that injuries are never going to happen to us. And um, I sprained my, uh, my ankle, my jumping ankle. And uh, I'll never forget. Uh, thank God I had Costco for the insurance. Um, kind of, well, confession time. I, I'm not even going to confess that because I don't know if anyone from uh, Costco Corporation is listening, but anyways, uh, let's just say I took advantage of, of the, the insurance Anyways, um, I went to physio with literally what you just said before saying my expectations was, okay, yo, ankle sprain, whatever, completely neglect, completely ignore the fact that the ankle is, I would think, well, at that time, it's an ankle, whatever. But now, you know, as a trainer, the ankle is, I feel like one of the joints that is heavily neglected completely underrated and you could just all right two three sessions in a little massage or whatever touchy touchy whatever that sounded kind of weird but you know what i mean (laughs) and you're good and so i get there and uh she was a woman nothing nothing uh she was she was pretty chill she was english and nothing against french people but you know english guy living in quebec i like if you're going to be talking about two things if you're talking to me about numbers and my body I need to hear it in English I need to understand anyways and I see her and she's asking me all these questions and she's giving me uh I think it was like the the it was yeah she asked me to dorsiflex and I was like what the hell is that so she put resistance and I had to bring my my toe up my toes up and that's when it really hurt and that's when like shit got kind of real I'm like what the fuck and, um, I was completely, uh, like shut down as ironic as that is for me. I'm very like, I'm a positive kind of person, but I, I felt like my world, my goals were caving in and, uh, I was really not with the physio. She was just massaging it ultrasound. And I was like, uh, she's like, Hey, that's it. I'll come back. i come back uh, in two days, whatever. And I did, and she was doing that. And then. I was really pissed off and she asked me, she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then she took me in in an office and she's like, listen, Justin, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you like it is. You got a tape, you got a type two ankle sprain and you're being a bitch about it. You're (laughs) completely, uh, I know you think this is frustrating. She apologized to me saying that she should have, been up front with me but she said one of the goals as a physiotherapist just like you said uh our goal is to we have to read the client right read yep. the energy and your energy is shit and i read your file your uh, training for the 2012 olympic games and this is obviously not part of your program and here you are so i'm gonna tell you this right now you have to go in this with a good attitude and this will be a learning experience for you. But in order for you to learn, you have to be willing to learn. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And she <laughs> just ripped me. Obviously, she wouldn't do that to a 60-year-old, uh, yeah. you know, my grandma, let's just say. But but, uh, but, that's,
1: but that's what you needed. Right? But that's
0: when you need it.
1: Exactly. Some, some people need to have their hand held and some people need to kick in the ass. And you need to kick in the ass.
0: And, um, and I stuck with her for, I think four to five years, never made it to the Olympics. Uh, but I feel like, um, ever since then I was much, I had a different look on, uh, physiotherapy and then obviously now as a trainer, I definitely, um, uh, appreciate physiotherapy even more and the importance of it. So you really hit it, you really nailed it, uh, on the head when it came to that especially for me um i spoke about grandma briefly saying like you know the way physiotherapists should treat different clients depending on where they are and what Mm. obviously their age and this brings me to my next question for you uh jason um basically how has physical therapy evolved over the generation
1: well This is a great question, and it kind of ties into what you were just talking about, which I'll touch on in a second. But I think, you know, one of the best things I think about being a physiotherapist in the physiotherapy profession is it's a very evidence-based practice. Uh, All of what we do has some evidence, all of what a good physiotherapist will do has some evidence behind it. And obviously, that's come you know leaps and bounds in the past. You know, even since I since I started, well, 16 years ago. Now it's been a while, but um, things have completely changed. Um, and you know, 20 years before that, completely different. Um, to be general, I think things have really moved more from a passive to an active treatment philosophy. So it's like it uh, moved from
0: a passive to an active.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry,
0: I just wanted to be okay. Cool, cool, cool.
1: I think you know, back in the day, you know, even you know, 90s, um, early 2000s, you'd go to your physiotherapy clinic and you'd hop on your bed behind your curtain, and you know, they'd give you the ultrasound or the IFC, the tingly machine, and uh, you know, give you a sheet of exercises and say, you know, see you next week, right? Um, and you know, I still have people that who ask for those type of things. I have an ultrasound machine and I have an IFC machine. Uh, I don't use them very often at all. Uh, in my practice, they, they kind of collect dust a little bit, only because there's not a lot of evidence to show that either of those make much of a difference with, with many injuries. Um, I think that there's really been a movement now to more of the, the active treatment philosophy, more of the exercise-based stuff. And there's a lot of different other modalities to add in now. Um, I'm like you said, I'm a big manual therapy guy, a hands-on guy. And, but saying that, you know, our hands aren't magic either, right? No, no. <laughs> um, no matter how much people may say they are sometimes, and some people love it, but that hands-on treatment isn't as effective as hands-on treatment plus corrective exercise plus education, right? So what the evidence is showing is it's this combination of therapies that's most effective for a lot of injuries these days. Um, so I think that's what's changed is there's not, you know, one thing that's going to help an injury It's this combination and that's where, where the evidence is going and, and that's where our kind of practice is evolving to it's, it's, you know, adding in some of the, the patient education, adding in that exercise component, adding in some of the manual therapy, and that's that combination that really, really helps people. And, and, you know, one big thing that you're talking about is one thing I've really been interested in the last, you know, seven or eight years in my career is what's this called? This biopsychosocial model. Whoa, whoa, so the fact of what biopsychosocial model. So
0: biopsychosocial model.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so encompassing the person's physical ailments, the person's mental state, um, you know, what their interactions are with other people and considering all that with their injuries so it's not just going in and you know you coming into your physio and she comes in and mobilizes your ankle and ultrasounds your ankle and says see you next week she took you in and had that conversation with you she knew that you were you know training for the olympics she knew about that stress and she incorporated some of her education into your treatment right Absolutely. and you know and there's a really big push you know sometimes i'll have assessments where i just talk to people right uh-huh. uh, you know g- giving people Telling them what they need to hear, right? Yeah. Properly educating people about their injury, telling them that hey, Justin, your ankle is not going to end your career. Okay, just because you can dorsiflex with some pain doesn't mean that you you can't you know continue your training. And here's where we got to go. Knowing what to say to people, how to educate them about their injury, and educate them about what they need to do and how they can get better is huge in how a person perceives their pain. How they perceive their injury and how their attitude towards buying into the therapy and being an active participant and getting better. And there's a ton of new research and a ton of evidence to show that that education part is just as important as anything you do, any exercise you give them, any mobilization you do. Having that part of it is just as important, if not more, in some cases.
0: Um, what's that term called again? I, I would like. I,
1: biopsychosocial model
0: okay i would like you to obviously i'm not i'm definitely not writing that i don't know if you want to write that down and text me that um you so on my pod this podcast keep it simple um you really uh you're throwing me off course uh (laughs) because um i know you right but um the part of this podcast the 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 reason why i have this podcast is because uh um, the goal of this is to basically I feel like I have a way with people like not get my way with people I feel like I could really interact with anyone and uh, anyone and everyone right there's pros and cons of being an extrovert obviously but I feel like ever since I became a personal trainer um one of my biggest I'm not just trying to like blow my head up here um, one of my biggest uh, uh, Pluses is the fact that I could impact them. I could mm-hmm. talk to them, and you really yeah. uh, hit it hard just before when you said some of your sessions you just talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the amount of times I've had a client come to me uh, with goals X, Y, Z, which is always burn fat. Uh, yeah, burn fat, build muscle, as if that's super easy to do, right? Like all at the same time and um and then i find out that the reason why they're doing that is because they're single and lonely and they want to do it for their physical appearance and it's like every rep they do they picture them they're motivated by uh this guy or this girl is going to like me or look at me across the bar or something and then they they start joking around with that this is like maybe the first maybe five ses- five sessions in and then usually after like five, session, five sessions, you know, you're supposed to read, you know, like I said, part of the goal is, you know, you're supposed to read people, you know what I mean? Read their energy, uh, know where they're coming from, at least or have an idea. And I would have a talk with them and I'd be like, listen, man, like, or whoever the hell you are, like, you got to want this for yourself. You know, like if, if, if your goals are uh, like, you know, if your goals are unrealistic, not unrealistic, but just very materialistic, then, you know, you, you won't really appreciate and really uh, adapt these practices and really get the proper education that you need long term. If ever this does happen again, because mm-hmm. everyone thinks if they get strong, they're going to keep it right. Like, OK, I got I'm getting ripped or uh, just like for you, you, you. They walk into the physiotherapy and they're like, oh, I'm going to get fixed right away. It's like, no, nah, man, yeah. you really got to do the work mentally, physically, and, um, you really hit that home. So I would like to get, uh,
1: and, and I think the, the important part with, you know, personal trainers, the same as physiotherapists is when you're giving people a treatment plan, you're giving them an exercise program. You have to factor in all these things, right? You have to factor in, you know, what their home situation is like, uh, what kind of, what, um, do they do for work? What are they willing to do and not willing to do? What are they willing to commit? And you have to take all those factors into consideration, whether you're giving them a, a plan of treatment for their injury or whether you're getting them, you know, an exercise program that they're hopefully going to follow. Right. It's not just, OK, I'm going to take this stock, uh, you know, workout program and three sets of 10 and, you know, five days a week and off you go. Right. Everyone's unique. Everyone's individual. Everyone's different social situation has an impact on. Their ability to exercise, their ability to perceive their pain, their compliance to their treatment plan or their exercise program. So, if you're not taking all those factors into, into account, whether you're a physiotherapist or a personal trainer or whoever you are, then you're not going to be successful and neither is your client.
0: Man, dude, you, uh, once. <sighs> Man, nah, I, I gotta move to Toronto, bro. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> that's fantastic, dude. Uh, you just, um, you said something just before, uh, success, right? If you don't really, um, this is a perfect, by the way, guys, uh, to the simple listeners out there, this is not scripted whatsoever. We're just flowing, dude. This is like a good <laughs> conversation. Jason, you just said before, um, you know, if you don't really, uh, you know, really, take in what you're learning you won't really um you're not bettering your chances in success right mm-hmm. and i feel uh this, like i said perfect segue into my next uh question slash topic um as an athlete uh when i was younger you know i kind of it's when you're young you just do the work and you just do what you're told and that's it you do like an hour to a training you go home do your thing. And then that, then you, you repeat it as you get older. Um, and I, as a trainer of athletes, you know, as you get older, as soon as you get your license, as soon as you get a job, all these responsibilities pile up, um, you know, there's so much more that you need to do other than just train. Right. So I'm going to basically what I'm trying to say is, um, this whole uh, more is better, right? Mm. Uh, I feel like due to social media, I feel like the, the fitness industry pushes out this message where more is better, right? And it's, um, it couldn't be more emphasized in the athletic field. So as a trainer who trains athletes, the hardest part is to try and convince the kids and the parents, uh, especially in, well, I'm assuming just uh, for you as well, in ontario but for quebec it's hockey right um it's really hard to tell the kids that more is actually worse at least this is what i feel um mm. and i feel like trainers don't project that message enough and um the kids and parents i feel like they don't want to hear it you know mm. like just like people going to physiotherapy right like they know they're hurt but it's like okay like whatever and yeah. um so from a physiotherapist standpoint who specializes in athletic, well, you do, well, yeah, you, you, you treated a fair share of, uh, uh of athletes.
1: athletes. Yeah. Uh,
0: what are your thoughts on that? And do you support this message where more is worse?
1: If that. well, Yeah. yeah f- first of all, I like the more is better people <laughs> better than having to, to try and get someone to beg them to do their exercises. That so, is a very good point. So first of all, I would much rather deal with someone who's doing too much than doing too little. Um, I think if they're a lot easier to work at, they're just can be just as frustrating sometimes, but it's better to have that motivation to want to do more. So, so I don't actually mind and I understand why people have that mentality. Um, so, so I, I do like dealing with that population more than trying to convince someone um, to, to try and get out their butt and do something.
0: Now that you but, put it that way, it's so true. I definitely prefer, uh, yeah yeah. 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 But
1: it does come with his challenges and you're, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head with the, the youth sports stuff, right. Um, where I, and I see this a lot, you know, and, you know, from my aspect, you know, training is different from my aspect. I'm more, more worried about injuries, right. Exactly, um, Where I see it a lot. I, swimmers adolescent swimmers are the worst oh the worst for this they swim six seven days a week and all they're doing is swimming and you know this high level swimmers are in the pool you know 5 a.m 6 a.m in the morning every day and it's like guys you you can't do this you know swimming seven days a week is going to make your body at 14 or 15 years old fall apart so
0: hold on so out of all you just said swimmers out of all the, well, out of all the, do you think in your experience, swimmers get it? Like uh, you see more swimmers than
1: I, I see it the most. Why is that? Cause they're, doing, Cause they're doing the exact same thing day in and day out, right? Hockey players, you know, basketball, team sports, you're doing different movements, swimming. You're just swimming. Right. And it's the and shoulders, the exact right? yeah. same thing. It's the shoulders. It's the back, whatever. And I've had, I don't know how many notes I've sent to coaches saying, you know, please, you know, <laughs> they, they have to, you know, only train, you know, three, four days a week, add in some dry land training. I've given them this exercise program. This is what I want them to like do outside in, the pool. Yeah, exactly. This is what I want them to do to develop their body, to be able to, to, to take the stress of doing the same motion over and over again. And you can't, do the same motion over and over again and not let your body rest because as a lot of these these um, athletes see you're going to fall apart right so yeah i'm I'm totally i'm totally on board with, with with that type of stuff it really is um you know challenging especially with a lot of these other sports um to to kind of temper those expectations i know you have a little bit of a, a different you know more of the team sports kind of stuff i don't see as much Overuse injuries, um, but I know from you for the training perspective. I'm sure you know you don't want to have someone doing the same thing seven days a week either, right? You no. have to do other things and and prepare your body to 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 do what you need to do, right? It's
0: just um, that is actually so I never thought of that. It's true, fucking. I'm from. I went to a sports studies uh, program, right? Go Huskies! But uh, back in high school and um and when i trained at uh, my training facility from high school to where i was now that i'm thinking about it the swimmers would be there every single day and it's not just swimmers now that i'm thinking oh man you really
1: yeah. that's and, why I got this
0: podcast man you really got and, to get
1: me thinking and listen here's a program here's a problem this is an elite athletic program exactly and like you these people have to know the evidence and and know what's best for these you know adolescent bodies you know and that's why again going back to the fact that physiotherapy is an evidence-based practice and you know there's a lot of evidence in the training world as well Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's ignored you know a lot of physios ignore the evidence a lot of you know trainers ignore the evidence and if you're a you know a, a top school that's supposed to be training and developing elite athletes adolescent athletes and you're training um, you know seven days a week doing the exact same movements in the pool um, you know you're you're doing your athletes a disservice by, by 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 doing that so you know it's it's pretty frustrating when i hear a, a lot of these stories because you know these are supposed to be the best of the best athletes that are being trained in these places that are
0: mm-hmm.
1: not knowing what the best practice is for to, to help these athletes
0: you know you just uh before I, I'm not even going to go into that because I would definitely like to have you back on again. And I think this is a, uh, a topic where I guess we could call uh, frequency, frequency over intensity. Yeah. I think this is definitely a conversation that we could, that's the stupid dog. My, my wife is <laughs> baby It's like a miniature wiener dog. You guys can't see it, but anyway, um, that's definitely a conversation that I'd like to elaborate on, but I think that deserves a whole other episode. So parents could actually, not only parents, parents, trainers and athletes could actually uh, really, would really learn from, but do uh, add on to what you were saying. Uh, so the athletes I train, I train a whole different type of variety of athletes. To be honest with you, I never really trained swimmers, um, mm-hmm. but my issue is that, uh, like, so you were saying, swimmers do the same shit all the damn time—seven, mm-hmm. six, seven days a week. My athletes, I have football players, soccer players, track and, um, uh, as ironic as it is, not really, not many track and field athletes, but hockey players as well, and my goal i'm like the 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 sprinting guy right i'm the you know but what i tell the parents is like i'm that guy to i'll create a program a structured program but in phases for your child to child like your teenager to follow to the t but you have to only be with me and as selfish as that may sound It's that the hardest part for me, for for the parents to understand is, it's not like I'm saying I want all your money. It's just, if I'm giving your child a structured weight training program, that is, I like to vary, it goes in phases, phases like three week phases, uh, four week phases. And then after that, we go into strength, power, and then integrate that with some uh hip mobility on the track, explosive movements in the sand pit, low intensity, even pool drills where they're not even swimming, they're like really emphasizing the high knees and stuff. I don't want to give out all my tricks, but uh um I educate that to the parents. I tell them like I give them a full preview of what the summer is going to look like. And they're like, "Okay, super super like I love it. Let's go." And then all of a sudden I see the kids. These kids are like 15 years old. I see these kids Coming into practice, and I could see the exhaustion in their face. I could see it. It's like, look, you're 15 years old. Like, look, what else you got? Like, so what? Okay, sorry, you had to work an eight-hour shift, suck it up. It's not that at all. It's because these parents brought them to power skating. And yeah, um, then yeah. a CrossFit gym. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Th- and then they 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 gotta eat. And then all of a sudden I get I get them last. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I get them last, it's we're doing five by five blocks where we're focusing on, on uh, foundational movements. Like, you no, know, we're squatting. We're de- you got to be in it. You know, I mean, this is like, you know, you can't fuck around with that. And I tell yeah. them, I just really want to, like, parents who are listening, like, please, like, obviously, I would never do this, but it's like, I just want to slap you across the head. But what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. But these parents are like, oh no, no, no. like we it's not even about the money. Like obviously these parents can afford it, but these parents are going like, oh, no, no. this, Justin, you don't, you don't know. It's always the dads, right? They don't know. I got this coach. The best is yeah. the best coach. And the, they got all the pros that it's like, no, nah, man, you're, I feel like this whole thing more is better. You're mm-hmm. really fucking it up for your kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I have a kind of a similar problem. I think what you're talking about is where we start to, to talk about the burnout and the overtraining injuries and, and, and things like that. Um, I think sometimes where I have the problem, and I think what you talked about a little bit is when they're going to see multiple people for, for, for different things. So one thing I struggle with sometimes is, is if, you know, they're seeing me for physiotherapy and they're going to see another health professional, whoever that may be, and they might be telling them a whole different thing set of things and you know sometimes they might be contradicting sometimes they might not be but you know it it become you know it makes your job a little more frustrating a little bit more hard when you have you know different sets of people telling the person different things and um, you know that's when you can kind of run into trouble with your client in you know what they're doing versus someone and you know everyone's in their ear right you you exactly. have you have an injury you know you, you have your shoulder injury oh well, you got to see this guy oh no you <laughs> got to do this oh you got to try this therapy everyone's got the magical cure right so sometimes it's hard to quiet down all the voices in their head and uh and get them to focus on what we think is most important um like i said i think i have a bit of an advantage because i can you know and not an advantage, but just the strategy I use is sitting down and talking to the, to the person and saying, this is why you need to do what we're doing, right? This is why it works. This is what we have to do. And, you know, sometimes I, ha- and, and if they're going to see someone else, I like, that's why I have other practitioners in my clinic, you know, massage therapist we have dietician i have chiropodist foot foot specialist things like that and we want to grow a little bit more so you have people that you trust that know that you're going to have to have the consistent message right it's fine that if you know they're going to see someone else for a different type of training but if you're not communicating with that person and saying oh well we're doing squats and deadlifts today and they're going to do you know some some heavy training the next day or that morning you know things aren't going to work So, so yeah, so, so it's a similar thing where, you know, you have different voices in your head and, and different, you're being pulled in different directions, whether you're the athlete or the parent saying, oh, they got to do this and no, they got to do that. And sometimes it's hard to, to convince people to just stick to the basics, stick to, you know, one, you know, practitioner or one professional. And if you feel you need something else and they can recommend someone else, right. They can go to your guy that you're going to talk to and that you trust. Instead of, I see what your frustration is. And we have similar frustration as a healthcare practitioner. When we see multiple people that you're not talking to and not communicating and, you know, too much stuff, too much information, which isn't helping similar with overtraining, right? Too, too, too many things going on, um, you know, too hard in their body. They're not prepared for you when they come in. Um,
0: yeah, look, I'm going to, I could go off on this topic which is going to most likely be for another, uh, episode. Um, I'm going to take a little, you, not a a little sharp left turn here. Um, Jason, obviously, as you know, uh, Morgan is due in three weeks.
1: Yeah. Clock's ticking.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, (laughs) super excited. Can't wait. Um, I, uh, train a lot of women. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about your, I'm assuming like I've been in physio, I've been in clinics a lot in my life and I've seen a wide, like I've seen just as much men as I do women right in the physio. But for me, the majority of my clients, I would say and easily in the fitness industry, it's uh really driven by women. Um, And I feel like, I feel like, um, post pregnancy physio physio after uh pregnancy isn't really pushed as much and um my wife as we all know morgan is really big into training and there there's pros and cons to that of course and um morgan's already talking about how she can't wait to go back to training which is important but uh i keep telling her like Obviously, she's going to take care of the baby, right? But it's just like, how important? Or actually, I'm going to ask this. This I'm going to ask it like this. Uh, For pregnant ladies who who do have an active lifestyle, who have been training, because obviously, if you're pregnant and you haven't been training, the last thing you should be doing is train, right? But for the ladies, the pregnant ladies who come from an athletic background and they can't wait to train, um, like Morgan. How important is it uh, to ass- to be assessed by a physiotherapist post um, post pregnancy?
1: Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is huge, and I know Morgan's gonna listen to this. So this is uh, this is really it, good. Bro. Yeah, I'm this, gonna. Fucking- oh, this the, <laughs> this is great. Um, every woman who has a baby needs to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist, Ooh. not just a regular physio. I don't, I don't, I do treat um, pregnant women. I do treat postpartum women. I don't do it a lot because I have a pelvic Mm -hmm. health therapist that does it way better than I do. Um, A pelvic floor
0: therapist. Okay. Never. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They're becoming much more popular. Again, going back to the evidence, there's a lot of evidence that shows the efficacy of pelvic floor therapy uh, postpartum um in europe i think it's france or belgium or a couple of european countries that you actually get to have to get to see a pelvic floor therapist six weeks after uh, really? six weeks postpartum. yeah and you know and the physio world is pushing for that to be common practice in, in canada um just because it's so important uh mm-hmm. if you ask me I think you should seek out a good, especially if you're active and you want to stay active. In, yeah, uh, Morgan's pre- very during, active, man. During pregnancy, which is great, and you know, keep working out, keep doing your thing. For sure. Find a good pelvic floor physio before you give birth. You know, in the middle, in, in the oh. middle of, in the middle of your your pregnancy, go go have an assessment, have a chat, see if they're a good fit, because uh, you know, the pelvic floor physio involves you know internal examination too, so it's a pretty personal thing. Um, So you want to find someone who you who you gel with, who you trust, who you have a good relationship with. So, you know, and if you're staying active, you have a little bit of aches and pains, you're not sure you want some questions answered. It's best to do that assessment before you have the baby Um, just so you're all prepared. You know what to do. Um, If anything comes up, you have someone that you can go see. A lot of times they can help with issues during labor. Um, They can help prepare you for that as well.
0: Like, uh, um, what, what do you got? Like a mid, not a midwife. Is that what do you call it? Not a mid? No, no,
1: no. The pelvic yeah. floor therapist isn't going to be there when you're okay, having yeah, baby, yeah. but they can help you prepare for it. They can help your body prepare for it. And, you know, I can't exactly explain everything they do because not that's not sure. my, 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 cup of tea, but I've had, um, an amazing pelvic floor therapist that started with me at, uh, at my Etobicoke clinic. um
0: Etobicoke. Six, That's, I, I butchered that. I had <laughs> a bokeh.
1: That was so bad. Fuck the, oh <laughs> i had to drop that in that was terrible oh, anyway
0: <laughs> um, but
1: but yeah i've been lucky enough to have uh jen my pelvic my pelvic health physio with me since i opened up my clinic and she's so what she does is is no less than life-changing and i'm not exaggerating that at all she does change women's Would... lives um yeah
0: sorry i don't want to i don't want to put you on the spot here I had no idea there was a pelvic floor uh, specialist. Uh, So with that being said, uh, simple listeners, for you mamas out there, I'm gonna put Jason on the spot right now Mm. by saying, I would love to get in contact with her if ever, uh, I'm assuming she's very busy.
1: Yep.
0: But uh, if ever she can, obviously- She's got a
1: three or four month waiting list.
0: Wow!
1: Yeah. But you, you know what I can do? There's a there's a website. I think it's called Pelvic Health Solutions. Pelvic so health Google, solutions. If, if you Google pelvic health solutions, it lists all the pelvic uh, health therapists um, that are in your area. Yeah. So so that's a good that's a good thing for for listeners. You can you can find a good uh, pelvic health therapist there. You can see all the training, all the courses that they've taken. Um, so that's the best place to, to find a good one. Um, so yeah, I suggest every, <laughs> everyone who's thinking of having a baby is pregnant is postpartum and having issues, go find yourself a, a pelvic health therapist, because again, I'm not exaggerating that it will, they will literally change your life.
0: You heard it from Jason Gallant here, folks, Jason, I'm going to leave you off with this last question. Um, this last one is, uh, I feel like I, I feel like this needs that we need to hit it home with this one. How can any fitness enthusiast benefit from physical therapy? Like even uh, if she's not in pain or he or she's yeah. not in pain, yeah. uh, can do you have to go to physio if you're in pain, or uh, like what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, this is a great question, and you know it's becoming. A lot more popular, we coin the term prehab, right? So, Rehab. You know, not, not, oh, yeah, not waiting until you have an injury, right? Um, oh, cool. So, 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 yeah, for any, you know, if you have a big you know trainer base or or, or just clients or whoever, um, if you feel things aren't right in your body, if you feel you can't you know do an exercise properly, if you feel you can't push through your plateaus on a squat or a deadlift. Or things just aren't feeling right, um, you know. There's so much things we can do uh, as as a physiotherapist, and I love that's my favorite population to work with actually, um, because it's active like people that are coming based. to me, and, and and it's performance based, mm-hmm. and they're coming to take care of their body before bad things happen, and that, that's why I really love. I work with a lot of um, dancers at my at my downtown clinic. I work with Toronto School of Dance Theater they're they're a great kind of caseload to work with because they're they're young they're university age you know 18 to to 21 22 Um, they're having little aches and pains and as soon as anything comes up they send them to me Um, and and it's great to work with that population because you know they're just having you know a lot of this dance kind of being pushed on their dancing more than I have through the for their you know early careers and it's great to work with that population because you get to show them these little tips and tricks and strengthening exercise or mobility and little things that that really make a big difference say like, oh yeah that really helps with this or this is going to help prevent that um just this week i had a former former offensive lineman come and see me Ooh, um he he, forward, he still okay. yeah he still stays in shape he i think he hasn't played football in five or six years Did lose uh, weight? he just was yeah 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 yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. He, he he lost the weight keeps himself in good shape and he's like sure. you know what i'm just I'm trying to deadlift heavy again, and I, my back's feeling a little bit. only when I deadlift doesn't hurt when I'm just sitting or day to day stuff. Uh, I, I'm just not feeling right. I'm feeling a little tight. and I spend a great hour with him just going over some mobility work and different strengthening things and and breaking down his his technique and giving him little tips and and I, you know, that's the people I love to work with the most. You get so much out of it that you never knew. Uh, and just little tips and tricks that can help prevent, um, prevent things from getting worse and prevent injury um, and, and so I think that is super super valuable and you know I urge anyone who's got you know little things here or there I'm a little stiff or I can't do this don't anything, ignore it. yeah anything about your body that just doesn't feel right come come and see a physio you know I, I love you know that's something like I said some of my favorite population to work with and I think people come out getting more value than they thought they would Oh, uh, geez, pe- people exactly. are really su- surprised at, at what we can do and say, Oh, that, that was really great. And you know what? You don't have to keep coming. I said, I told this guy, come back and see me in three or four weeks, do your exercises, uh, you know, work on the mobility stuff, do a couple of heavy sessions, squat deadlifts, come back and see me. Let's see if we need to do anything else. Chances are sometimes you don't. Uh, and it's just these little things that you can add into your training regimen, add into your mobility routine or have a mobility routine before your yeah. workouts if you don't have one, right? <laughs> J- just getting those specific tips, you know, we really do a, a thorough assessment of, of your whole body and just how your body moves and, and what you need to, to, to stay healthy and increase your mobility, your strength, or whatever's holding you back. Um, I love it. And I think my patients get a ton out of it.
0: Um, I am speech. I've, uh, you're actually my third person I interviewed. Uh, By the time this airs, uh, I'm definitely going to be on paternity. Uh, So, simple listeners, uh, this is the power, this is what proper communication does when you have a physiotherapist. Doesn't matter if they're the smartest physiotherapist, even if the fucking person graduated with a doctorate from Harvard. If you can't translate your information in a way where everyone can relate and fucking understand, then you're no, you could just stick in your little niche market of Harvard doctor geniuses and just, I don't know, uh, uh do math, math, uh, equations or whatever the fuck, but, um, Jason, uh, so guys, I'm going to, we're going to finish off this podcast, uh, right now. Um, but, uh, I spoke to Jason before we've been talking a lot. This will not be his, uh, last time on this, uh, podcast. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of other, uh, topics where, uh, everyone and anyone needs uh, needs to, uh, to hear. All right. So um, Jason, just stay on for one second. I'm going to, I'm going to tell the simple listeners. Thank you very much for listening. And Jason, before we uh, head off, is there any social media platform that they could find you on? Or uh, I know yeah. you're not really big on uh, during uh, COVID.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah. You can find me uh, at trilogy physio uh, on Instagram or uh, or facebook um i did a ton of stuff during during covid i haven't yeah. you know we've been super busy afterwards so i haven't got a, 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 my social media game on right now just because i've been pulled in in too many directions but i'm hoping to to kind of improve our, our, our social media and in, in, in the coming months and, and years when I get a little bit more time and take a step back from treating. Um, but yeah, you can find me on our social media. Uh, there, there's lots of good uh, there's lots of good stuff on there, tips and, and, and tricks and exercise programs and advice and all that type of stuff. And you can see a little bit more about what we do and, and how we uh, help people. And yeah, those are my, my, my two clinics. Um, but yeah, at Trilogy Physio.
0: Excellent. Now I just want to apologize to the, the, the civilians in what's the, the,
1: (laughs) Etobicoke.
0: Etobicoke. (laughs) Whatever dude, Uh, for the people who live in Etobicoke, I am very sorry. I butchered that name. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's done that before. (laughs)
1: No, no.
0: But, uh, really sorry about that. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Jason Gallant. Um, And thank you guys so much for listening and don't forget to keep it simple.